What a great group here today. As Patrick told you, I'm just kind of being cautious. I missed getting to shake your hand, and I missed getting to meet our guests today. If you're a guest, I hope you'll come back next week. I'd love to meet you. Uh, just taking precautions. I was around someone Friday and found out Saturday that they had tested positive, and so I uh, called text Patrick and I said hey you need to be ready just in case so Patrick was ready to go today but I tested negative this morning no symptoms but I still just being cautious uh, guidelines for COVID is about as clear as mud amen I mean who knows but we know it's raising its head a little more so let's pray for our medical folks and all those who are serving and working and uh, pray for uh, the Sawyer family Randy's dad passed away so we want to pray for him and his family, Isabel, there in Germany, still pray for her. And Casey, as he's recovering from his surgery. And Betty Cooper hopes to come home tomorrow. So pray for those folks. Timothy, thank you for that song. I was listening to it wherever you're at. Thank you, Timothy. That was great, man. I was sitting back there listening, worshiping with you, and that was great. And he wrote that, and so thank you for sharing with us. And thank you, guests. Uh, we have guests every Sunday. You're inviting folks to come. They're coming, and we're having folks coming from, from other states that are moving to our area every Sunday we have guests and so what a blessing it is to have you and to welcome you to Ridgeview and to our worship uh, for folks I also want to say thank you to you folks Ridgeview folks who are here Sunday after Sunday week after week month after month year after year you're faithfully here you're faithfully serving you're faithfully giving you're faithfully using your gifts and I just want to say thank you to you as well some of you've been coming here over 30 years and uh, you're such an important part of what God is doing. So thank you. And thank you, worship team and tech team and man, just all the people down serving right now and the children and preschool. It's a blessing, an honor for me and Patrick to work with all you guys. So thank you so much. Turn to Isaiah chapter 40. I want to ask uh, Joshua and his team to put a picture up on the screen of a young couple that got married. This is Noah, Wade, and Holly Carter. They got married Friday, July the 8th this year in a courthouse in San Diego. And they wanted me to share. And they were going to try to join us online today. And this is what they'd like to share with their church family. We are asking for prayers for our marriage and life together. Noah's in the Navy and stationed in San, San Diego. And we just moved into our one-bedroom house off base. We especially prayers to find the right church family here. We deeply appreciate Ridgeview for sowing the seeds of faith in us downstairs in the nursery and continuing to water the seeds as we grew up together. Ridgeview provided a community of love and support that helped build the foundation for our friendship that would eventually blossom into love. Ridgeview will always hold a special place in our hearts, and we look forward to hopefully returning after Noah's contract ends in 2026. Thank you, and God bless you all, Noah and Holly Wade. And they also shared that they, they are hopeful spring of 2023 to have a ceremony here at Ridgeview. So just in case they're watching online, let's thank the Lord for their new marriage. Let's congratulate them. They both grew up here in the church, and they were in nursery together. They sent a couple of pictures from some of our directories where their families were, they were raised here in this church. I, I, I've been here 16 years. I got the privilege of seeing them grow up here in the church, come to know the Lord, be baptized, see them grow in their faith, and now what God is doing in them and through them. And so you pray for them and pray for all of our military and all of our missionaries and our first responders 
and for our school administrators and teachers. School's starting soon. Kids, aren't you excited? Kids are downstairs, so moms and dads are excited, aren't you? School's starting. So let's pray for all of our teachers and administrators as they're having to go back here very soon. Well, Isaiah chapter 40. I heard Patrick talking to you about stuff going on. Lots of opportunities to serve, get involved. This Saturday, Debbie's doing Canning 101 at 9 o'clock Saturday morning here in The Rock. That's the gym down here. You can come at 9 and learn how to can. So if you're interested in learning how to can, come on out Saturday and be part of that. And don't forget the apple tree. That's another way you can serve our schools is by helping us with those things out there, those apples. Well, we started this series called Creation 101. And we're going to be going on for the next few weeks. And then August the 7th, we're going to gather at Laurel Run Park and we're going to have one worship together. And that'll be at 1030. Deacons are going to serve us breakfast. We're going to have worship in the park at 1030. And then we're going to have river baptism. And we've got three or four that's going to be baptized. If you've been saved, not been baptized, talk to us about that. We're going to celebrate and kind of conclude our Creation 101 series there in the park. And so I hope that you're planning to be with us. Today we're talking about how in Creation 101, the lesson that we learn from God's handiwork is the power of God. We see his power. Uh, you saw the video about the fire, that God is a fire. We have firefighters here in our church. We have first responders. They know firsthand the power of fire, how fire can destroy everything in its path, the power of fire. You've seen the power of water. If you've ever been around where there's flooding, you've seen the power of water. Years ago, we went on a mission trip up, up toward Hampton area. We had to go up there and do some mudding out. And you've seen the power of, of water. When you're in the midst of a storm, the wind blowing, hurricane, earthquakes, lightning, thunder, we see the power of God on display. Look at the ocean, you see the waves, you see the, the power of God. The power of God is on display every day in creation. Shows us that God is the God of power, that he's in total control, that he has power over all things. We serve an almighty God. We sang about it. Did you hear the words you sang? Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Who can stop the Lord there is no one like him. There is no one above him. The power of God. We're going to be reminded today that God is in control. God has power over Satan. Can you say amen to that? He has power over sin. He has power over death. He has power over all the things going on in this world. We're going to learn from this passage that he has power over the nations. He has power over all things. And so creation teaches us that God is the God of power. We've been learning some sign language for our guest. We've been trying to learn some, some words of sign language. So the ones I want you to never forget this year is family. So this is the sign language for family. We are a family. We, we do life together. When one of us struggles, we're not alone. We've got people gathered around us, brothers and sisters. There's several in our congregation who you're from a different part of the country and you don't have family here, but you have church family. You have brothers and sisters here who you're not alone. We're a family. And the other word is together. This is together. So we, we do life together. We, we believe together and we belong together and we're better together. Upward soccer, apple tree, 
Bible school, everything we think of, everything we're doing for our community. We need everyone on board. We need coming together. We're, we're better together. We can accomplish more. So the word today is power. So get your fist like this. And, and while I got my fist up here, let me just say, uh, our new series we're starting in August is called Don't Throw in the Towel. And, and I, me and Joshua, he's found us one in John City. I'm still trying to reach him. We're looking for a boxing ring that we can do some videos in. So if anybody knows of a boxing ring, let me know. All right. Uh, we found one. Joshua found us one. I'm still trying to get in touch with them. But uh, we're going to do some videos. So just remind me. Okay. So get your fist up. All right. So you're going to do it twice. You go. You're going to. That's power. Okay. Power. Power. We just sang. We should have done that, Israel. There's power in the blood. There's power in the blood. I grew up, we used to sing power in the blood. We'd go, there is power, power, power. Anybody else do that when they're growing up? Power in the blood. So we're thinking of the word here today is, is power. And we're going to learn in Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah is in the Old Testament. This is a, a time in Israel's history. They're divided up into two, two nations. You're studying this in Sunday school. And so... Isaiah is given a prophecy of what's coming. Isaiah chapter 40, the two chapters before sort of lead up in context to what's happening in chapter 40. In chapter 38, King Hezekiah, which is king of the south, he, he has been told by God, you're going to die. And he prays and he repents and he seeks out God's face. And Isaiah says to him, God's going to grant you 15 more years. And so he's happy about that. And then in chapter 39... Hezekiah invites this little group of people called the Babylonians, which is just this little tiny nation at this point. He invites them to come in to see all of his wealth and all of his riches and all that he has. And in chapter 39, Isaiah gives a prophecy to say, hey, this little nation is going to become a great nation. And in fact, they're going to come against you and conquer you and going to take, take your kingdom. And Hezekiah said, and Isaiah says, it's going to be down the road a little ways, some hundred years away. So funny because Hezekiah 39 says, well, that's okay. As long as it ain't in my term, <laughs> as long as it ain't when I'm here, it's okay. So there's a prophecy in 39. And so the, the North kingdom has been overcome by the Assyrians and the South kingdom watches that. And now they've been told the Babylonians are going to take you into exile. They're going to take over your nation. And so chapter 40 Isaiah follows up and he gives a word of comfort. God speaks to them and says, even though this is going to happen, I'm still going to deliver you. And I want you to know that I have more power than the Assyrians. I have more power than the Babylonians. I, I'm the God of power. And so that's where we pick up. Verse 12 down through verse 31. And then we'll have prayer together. Verse 12. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand. I want you to listen as we're reading and as you're following along. Listen to the power of God as Isaiah, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God is writing this. Listen to the power of God. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand? Young people, can you get that picture? Think about all the oceans. All the waters, God just can hold them in his hand. Uh, 
You see the power of God? Do you see that, young people? Who's measured the waters in the hollow of his hand? He measured heaven with the span and calculated the dust of the earth in a measure. Weighed the mountains and scales and hills in a balance. Who's done this, he's asking. Who has directed the spirit of the Lord, or as his counsel has taught him? With whom did he take counsel, and who instructed him and taught him in the path of justice? Who taught him knowledge and showed him the way of understanding? Verse 12, 13, and 14, you can see two things about God. First of all, in verse 12, we're reminded that God is omnipotent. If you want some churchy word, there it is, omnipotent. That means all-powerful. God holds the water in the hollow of his hand. In the palm of his hand, he can hold all the water. God is all-powerful. There's no one like God. He is all-powerful. And then verse 13 and 14, he's omniscient. He's omniscient. He, he has all knowledge. There are some today who teach that God is learning. He's kind of learning how things go, and he's kind of learning. The God of the Bible is, doesn't learn or is not taught or does not know counsel. He knows all things. He's sovereign. He knows the future, and he knows everything. Amen? I, I don't want a God that's learning on the job. <laughs> Our God knows all things. He knows what's ahead, and he's in control. And there's no, there's no panic in heaven. There's no surprises in heaven. God may surprise us, but he's never surprised. He doesn't need any counsel. And in fact, verse 14, we said this last week, but we'll say it again. And that means you and me too. We don't need to counsel God either. He doesn't need our opinion. He, he, he doesn't need us to tell him what to do. He's almighty God. So be careful that we don't tell him. We don't try to give him counsel. Verse 15, behold, the nations are as a drop in a bucket. It's really funny because a lot of the sayings we grew up with actually come from the scriptures. You ever said that growing up? Ah, that's just a drop in the bucket. What does that mean? Well, it means it's just if a little drop spilled out of a bucket, it's nothing. One little drop it means really nothing. It's just a drop in a bucket. I've got all this other. This is just a little itty bitty part of it. Here's what God says. The nations are a drop in a bucket. We're going to see in a minute, God's the God. He has power over the nations. Right now in your mind, think of all the nations. Think of all the nations were to bring all their military together and all their power together and all of their knowledge together. In comparison with our God, it's just a drop in a bucket. In Revelation, we studied when all the nations come together against God and the Antichrist is leading them and he's rallying them to, to fight against God, it says that Jesus speaks just a word and whoosh, all the nations are destroyed. We serve an awesome God. Can you say amen? I want you to be reminded of the power of God today. His, his arm is not shortened. His power is not limited. The same God who parted the Red Sea, the same God who created all things out of nothing, the same God is our God today. We want to limit him, but he is not limited. We limit him. We limit him. We forget what a powerful God that we serve. I talked to one of our doctors. She comes to the earth service about me preaching today. And she said, yeah, that's fine. As long as you don't have symptoms. And then she said, make sure you don't spit on people. So front row, I'm trying my best not to spit on you today. She really didn't say that. That was a preacher's uh, 
way of getting you to laugh, okay? She really didn't say that. So, drop in the bucket. Behold, the nations are a drop in the bucket, verse 15 says, and are counted as the small dust on the scales. Look, he lifts up the aisles. That's a very little thing. Our God is so powerful. Verse 16, and Lebanon is not sufficient to burn, nor to be sufficient for a burnt offering. Verse 17 is interesting because you think about Lebanon, he, we're always thinking of Lebanon. You think about that's where they would get the, the lumber, the, the, the trees to build, to build the temple, to build all these things that they built. That's the place where all these trees are. And this verse says you could take all of the trees and burn them and all the animals and sacrifice them, but it's not sufficient. It's not sufficient for the worthy of who God is. It's not enough. It's not sufficient of his, compared to his power and his glory. It's not sufficient. Carry it over into salvation. You can do all kinds of stuff. You can go to church every Sunday. You can be a good husband. You can try to keep the Ten Commandments. You can give money to the church. You can sing or play an instrument and, and you can give your blood to help people and you can donate and you can do all this good stuff, but that's not sufficient for the righteousness of God and for the holiness of God. That falls short. The Bible says our righteousness is as filthy rags. It's not sufficient. There's only one way for you, and if you're listening online, thank you for listening to us and joining us, but I want you to know there's only one way to get to heaven, and that's through Jesus Christ. That's the only way. Everything else, all the trees in Lebanon, all the beasts, all this sacrifice, all the things that you might do comes up short, does not reach the measure of God. And what he, he says, the wages of sin, sin is death. We do not measure up to God's standard. We are separated from God because of our sin. We deserve hell because of our sin. It's only through Jesus Christ. So if you're here and you're lost today or listening online, salvation comes through Jesus Christ alone. It's not by anything we do. None of that is sufficient. Only the blood of Christ. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. It's the blood of Christ. I told the early service. We had a great group at the early service. I told them, aren't you thankful to be part of a church who still sings about the blood of Jesus? Amen? I mean, the blood of Jesus is the only thing that can cover our sins. The blood of Jesus applied to our life is the only entrance into heaven. If you're lost, I pray that you will trust in Jesus today. Repent of your sins and put your faith in Jesus. So it's not sufficient God, the power of God, the glory of God, it's not sufficient. Verse 17, all nations before him are as nothing, a drop in a bucket. And they are counted by him less than nothing and worthless. Now, don't mistake that. You've got to take all scripture in context of all the Bible. This is not saying that you are nothing to God and you are worthless to God. What this is saying is the nations compared to God are a drop in the bucket. We understand in context of scripture, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God loves you. God sent his son Jesus to die for you. But the nations, the Assyrians, the Babylonians... The Persians, God's saying a word of comfort to them. Hey, all of these folks that you're worried about and you're scared about, 
They're nothing compared to me. They're just a drop in the bucket. They don't compare to my power. And so he's just encouraging them. Verse 18, to whom then will you liken God? So he's sort of answering this question that they're having over in verse 27 about their questioning God. Who, who will you liken God or what likeness will you compare to him? The workman molds an image, the goldsmith overspreads with gold, and the silversmith casts silver chains. Thinks about these idols. Whoever is too impoverished for such a contribution chooses a tree. So if you can't afford gold or silver, you get a tree that will not rot. Seeks for himself a skillful workman to prepare a carved image that will not totter, that will actually stay standing up. Say, are you trying to compare me to these things? This is Almighty God, the power of God. Verse 21, have you not known? Have you not heard? He'll say that again. Has it not been told to you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? Romans says, because of creation, we are without excuse. Have you not heard? Have you not known? Don't you understand? Just look at creation and see the power of God. Verse 22. It is he who sits above the circle of the earth. Hey, young people, I know today there's even people today who believe the earth is flat. And all through history, you know, it was a lot of time until they finally figured out it was the earth was round. But guess what? All the time, God already told us the world was a circle. I mean, God created it. God, far beyond us, before we ever figured it out, he sits above the circle of the earth. All of its inhabitants are like grasshoppers. Randall and Gavin, that's Randall's grandson, that's here from Arizona. I don't know if he's, he's gone back. Colorado. So we, they were out there one day this week, and I was over there talking to Randall, and there was these little ants over there in the driveway, and Gavin was just, you know, watching the ants. And this passage says, this is the way it is with God. We're like grasshoppers to God. I mean, uh, the power of God, the, the might of God. He says, who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them out like a tent to dwell in. Beautiful picture of the power of God. He brings the princes to nothing. He makes the judges of the earth useless. Scarcely shall they be planted. Scarcely shall they be sown. Scarcely shall their stock take root in the earth. When he will also blow on them and they will wither. And the whirlwind will take them away like stubble. Any people ever got a dandelion? You get a dandelion, you blow that thing, it goes out. That's the power of God. He says, all the nations come together with my power. It's just like, again, when all the nations come against God at the end of the age, just the word of Jesus, and it'll be, and they'll be destroyed. Do not forget the power of God, who he is. We see it in creation Verse 25, to whom then will you liken me, or to whom shall I be equal, says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes on high and see who has created these things. That's what we're trying to do during these weeks. We're trying to lift up our eyes on high and see who has created these things. As you go through each week, as you see the, the rainbow and you see the sunrise and you see the sunset, you see the trees and you see the, the glory of creation, it points us... To him. And we see Jesus, and he is to get glory. 
He goes on to say, who brings out their host by number, all the stars. He calls them all by name, by the greatness of his might and the strength of his power, not one is missing. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and my just claim is passed over by my God? There they're questioning God. Verse 28, have you not known, have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak, to those who have no might. He increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Let's pray. Lord, we could stop even right there because your word is so clear. It is so apical. It's a two-edged sword. Every word of it speaks into our life. And today you're reminding us that you have power over all things, that you are in control. Power of God. We will see you have power over creation. You have power over the nations and you have power for those who are weak. Strengthen us to serve you. Speak into our lives during these few moments. If there's any here that doesn't know you, if there's any listening online that doesn't know you, I pray they would come to you. They would stop trying to be living a life that's sufficient enough, trying to earn favor and merit with you, trying to earn heaven. We, we will always fall short. Pray today that they will come through the blood of Christ. Believing he died for them, believing he rose again, believing and repenting and trusting him today. For those of us who are believers, encourage us and speak into our lives that you are the God of power, all power. And that you're at work in our lives, strengthening us that we can serve you. Lord, all those that were mentioned in prayer, we pray for each of them that you would comfort, you would encourage, you bring healing. We pray, Lord, now teach us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, three things I want us to talk about as we think about the power of God. And that's, first of all, is that God's power over creation. God's power over creation. Uh, look at verse 26 again there in your passage. We're going to let the scripture just guide us today and kind of teach us about God's power. Look at verse 26 again. Lift up your eyes on high and see who has created these things. Who brings out their host by number? Who calls him by name? By the greatness of his might and the strength of his power, not one is missing. We see the power of God. Uh, we see God at work. We, we look around and we see the power of God. When we see the sun rise and the sunset, we see the power of God. When we see God at work in our lives, we see the power of God. We see the, the power of God. He says, look, and you'll see the greatness of his might and the strength of his power. He says, I'm the one who placed the stars in the sky, and I sustain them, and I keep them in order, and I've even named every one of them. If you've looked at any of this, the James Webb stuff, the, the, the telescope stuff, that all these galaxies and beyond... <laughs> Beyond measure, we see the power of God. He says, look and see the power of God. Verse 27, they seem to be questioning about God. He says, my way is hidden from the Lord. God, you don't understand. 
He goes on to say, and, the, and, and my just claim is passed over by my God. He says, God, you, you're not listening. Israel's saying, God, you don't understand my situation. God, this is too big for you, God. You can't handle this. God, God this is beyond you. And so they're saying to God, God, this is, you, you can't handle this situation. You don't understand what I'm going through. You may be here today and you're doubting God or you're, you're struggling because you don't believe God knows your situation. Maybe you're thinking what you're facing is too big for God. Maybe you're thinking that, that this is beyond God. My marriage is too far gone. God could never heal my marriage. My son or daughter is too far away. They could never be brought back to the Lord. My situation financially, my situation with my health, my situation in life, it's so big. God can't handle this. God can't do anything about it. It's beyond him. Let me read you a verse. Jeremiah 32, verse 17. Ah, Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. And listen to what Jeremiah says by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. There is nothing too hard for you. Whatever your situation is, there is nothing too hard for God. God can restore. God can renew. God can heal. God can work. What does Philippians tell us? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. There's that strength of God. God can strengthen us in whatever we're facing, whatever's before us. God may not always remove us from that situation, but he will help us to work through it. He will strengthen us. And so we see here that God does understand. He's the God we see in creation. We see his power. He's at work in your life. Go back to Isaiah 40. Look at verse 12. Again, it says, he's measured the waters in the hollow of his hand. That's the God, the power of God that we see. He's measured them in his hand. He goes on to say he knows how many, how much dust in the earth. He's calculated. He's counted. He knows how many grains of sand. You ever been at the ocean, seen all that sand? <laughs> the power of God, he understands and he knows how many grains of sand there is. He said to Abraham, as many as the stars... As many as the sand, that's how many your, your offspring is going to be. God knows the power of God. He knows how many hairs is on your head. Jesus taught us that. Now, for people like me, it's not as much trouble. But for you, some of you guys, that's a lot to know. And God knows it. It's not beyond him. I mean, we see he's omnipotent. He has all power. He's omniscient. He has all understanding. He knows everything going on in your life. He knows everything that's coming in your life. You can trust him. The power of God. Man, just get, it, get your arms around who God is. A fresh and anew today. Some of the burdens you're carrying, some of the things you're worrying about, some of the things you're stressed about. Almighty God. We can trust him. We can find strength and peace and hope in him. This is what creation teaches us. This is the power of God. It says there in that verse, he weighs the mountains. He knows how much the mountains weigh. He has all knowledge. He has all understanding. Creation is teaching us God is a God of power. Young people, you can trust him with your life. Follow the path he has for you. He's the God that's in all control. He has power over all things. Trust him. Whatever your situation is, trust him. God is the God of power over creation. Second of all, he has power over the nations. Look at verse 17. 
And then we'll look at verse 23. 17, all nations before him are as nothing. They are counted by him less than nothing and worthless. Verse 23, he brings the princes to nothing. He makes the judges of the earth useless. We're reminded that God has power over the nations. Again, here's the Babylonians. They've just been told they're going to come and conquer them. And then we, we see the Assyrians, what's happened over here at the north. And then we see the Persians in the future. And so we think about the Egyptians. We think about the Romans. And, and God says, they're dropping the bucket to my power. Think about it. God is teaching us our hope is not in the princes. Our hope is not in who the president is. Our hope is not in the Supreme Court. Our hope is not in the stock market. Our hope is not in how might, mighty our military is. And I'm thankful for our military. But that's not what our hope is in. Our hope is in Jesus. Amen? Amen. And so when you watch the news, there's the president calling right now. <laughs> My hope is not in who's in the White House or who's in Congress or who's in charge because God's in charge. And all the nations are just a drop in the bucket. That's all they are. So our hope, when you watch the news and you start to wring your hands and say, oh my goodness, what is going to happen? Oh my goodness. Quit wringing your hands. God's in control. He has power over all things and all the nations. We trust him. We do what we can do. We be good citizens. We go vote. We do what we can do. And then we trust him because he is in control. He has power over all the nations. One nation, when we sang about it, all the nations one day will bow a knee to him. He has power over all things. It's interesting because he talks about the drop in the bucket. He also says that blows the dust off. Counted as a small dust on the scales. So he says the nations are like dust on a scale. A merchant to show he's honest. He's going to weigh, weigh what you're purchasing. He, he would go and he'd go... He would blow off any dust because he wanted to show himself, hey, I'm honest. I'll even get the dust off the scales. God says nations are kind of like that dust on the scale. <laughs> God just says, just with a, with a puff of wind, God says, I have power over all the nations. We can trust God. He is in control. And then the third thing that I want you to see is God's power for the weak. We should not fear the nations. Our hope is not in princes or presidents or White Houses and Congress. Our hope is in Jesus. And then last of all, he says, I have power for the weak. Look at verse 29 through 31, and we're going to close. He gives power to the weak. And to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. Notice in the first two verses, he's teaching us. It doesn't matter if you're young or old. We don't have enough strength on our own. Jesus taught us, he said, I came for those who are sick, not for the well. He said, you self-righteous Pharisees and religious leaders, you don't see your sin. So I can't help you a bit. You've got to see your sin. If you want to be saved today, if the Holy Spirit is speaking to your life, you've got to see your sin. You've got to see you're lost in your sin. You're an enemy of God. You're, you're separated from God because of your sin. You've got to see there's nothing you can do about your sin. And you've got to see that only Jesus could pay for your sin. That's the weak becoming strong. We're, we're lost in our sins and we, we repent and trust in Jesus and him alone. Same thing for us as believers. Jesus taught us in our weakness, that's when we're strong. 
when we're weak. Every time I get up here to preach, I'm on my knees in my office and I say, God, I can't do this. I, I can't. I can't do this. I recognize my weakness. I, I recognize my frailty. I recognize my, my humanness. I recognize, man, God, I need you and I can't do this without you. Living our life that way, learning to be totally dependent upon him. That's one of the things in the New Testament Paul would address about wealth. There's nothing wrong with being wealthy. I'm thankful for, for people who are wealthy in our church and who are generous and give and, 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 and help out. I'm thankful for all of our folks who are givers. But one of the things we have to be careful about is if you're wealthy, you're tempted not to trust God, but to trust your wealth. Be dependent upon him. Young people learn to be dependent upon God. He says, even youth are going to faint and be weary. If you're trying to do it on your own strength, you're going to get worn out and weary and faint. But he says, oh, I will give you strength. Look what he says in verse 31. But those who wait, those who hope, those who depend on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. He says, the God of all power will give us strength that we can fly higher, run faster, and walk longer. Strength. I got a glove here. This glove on its own can do absolutely nothing. We can talk to it, we can encourage it, but it's, it's, it's not going to do anything. It, it's useless. It's powerless. That's the way you and I are. We are useless and powerless without Jesus. Amen? This is the way our church is. Without the power of God, we are useless and we are powerless. You can do nothing apart from me is what Jesus said. But here's what happens my hand will be the power of God. When the power of God, when strengthens us, then we can do all things. I can accomplish, God can accomplish great things through me, but it's through the power of God. Okay? Now, we need to recognize as a church, we can do nothing apart from the power of God. It is the power of God that sustains us, that strengthens us. You want to live for Jesus. You want to live your life for Christ. You want to live faithfully out in this world. It comes through the power of God. Without the power of God, we can do nothing. Without the power of God, it's the power of God that helps us to do all things. Now, what's cool about this glove, the reason I picked this glove is because church, whenever we do something, it ought to be transparent that it is God that is doing it. You can see through this. It's still not the glove. The glove ain't doing anything. It's just being used of God. It's the power of God. And so whenever God does something in our life, or he does something through the, the church, he strengthens us. He gets the glory. And so here he says, I, the God of power, will give you strength. You're going to mount up like wings, like eagles. You're going to run and not be weary. And you're going to walk and not faint. Hey, tell you what, it doesn't matter how old you are. Senior adults. God can give you strength to serve him. Young people, God can give you strength to serve him. Moms and dads, tell your young'uns that they can do all things. Don't, don't sell them short because in the power of God, they can do amazing things. The power of God working in our lives. He says, man, you're going to fly like eagle. You're going to run and not be weary and walk and not faint. God is at work in our lives. It is his power. 
Let us become gloves, obedient, faithful, that God can take and use for his glory. Whatever your situation is, I want you to know God understands, God knows, and there is nothing too hard for God. I want to close. Look at verse 11. We didn't read this one. That was the verse before we started, but here's what he says to them. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom and gently lead those who are with young. Romans 8 says, if God is for us, who can be against us? If you're here and you're lost today, would you come and repent of your sins? Come confess your sin. Ask Jesus to save you. Patrick's going to be here to, to meet you today. He's going to be here to, to lead the invitation. Maybe you're coming for church membership. Maybe you're coming for baptism. Maybe you're just coming to pray. God strengthened me. I'm weak in this area. God strengthened me. Maybe you're coming to confess. Maybe you're coming to pray for those who are lost. Whatever your need is, you come. Stand with me for prayer. Lord, your power seen in creation, your power over nations, your power in our lives. We are weak. Our strength is in you. We can do nothing apart from you as a church, as individuals, as families. We are totally dependent upon you. Renew that strength today in our lives that we would stop trying to carry it ourselves and we would look to you humbly to be our strength. Speaking lives today, those who are lost, may they be saved. Continue to work in the lives of your people. Thank you that you're the God of power. There's nothing too hard for you. Let that give us strength and encouragement and peace. We pray this in the name of Jesus.